0: So I'm in the business of helping people be themselves because that's where the fulfillment is. And I often tell people you can't be fulfilled when you're being someone you're not. And a lot of us are conditioned from a very young age to be who the big people want us to be or who the church wants us to be or who the school wants us to be or who the coach wants us to be. We get used to that programming and then we leave ourselves behind in the process. So I I love helping people come back to who they actually are.
1: Are you ready to step up your game? Do you want to form the habits required to take your hustle to the next level? You're in the right place. We've been where you are and know that getting to your optimized next level doesn't happen by accident.
2: Welcome to the Next Level Hustle podcast. Each week, we sit down with experts, entrepreneurs, and people at the top of their game to help you discover how to accelerate what you've already been doing with excellence and speed to find success and fulfillment in every area of your life. I'm your host, Boomer Allred. And I'm also your host, John Wiesahan. This is going to be Next Level.
1: Hey, I'm John. I'm your co-host here on the
2: Next Level Hustle podcast. And hey, I'm Boomer, uh, co-host on the Next Level Hustle podcast. Happy to welcome Jason Gaddis. Jason, you know, if you go to jasongaddis.com, J-A-Y-S-O-N-G-A-D-D-I-S.com, I mean, i You see your credentials. You see all the things. Your story is there. Where would you like to introduce yourself? Because you have. It seemed like you have lived a life full of experiences. I would love to know how you would introduce yourself.
0: Yeah, uh, I am a. Let's see. Today, how do I want to introduce myself? I am a person who gives a shit about human transformation and human relationships, and so I spent you know half my life trying to figure that out for myself and helping others along the way.
2: That's beautiful. One, one of the things that I love that you write in your, in your bio is like, you, you can't stand small talk. Yeah. Right. They have no time for small talk. So how do you translate that into your day to day when you're either working with clients or even just going, you know, hanging out with people with your kids and, you know, how do you go about getting deeper and having meaningful conversations.
1: Yeah, and just, just to, before you go there, it's, yeah. you know, hey, how are you? Like, that's really easy, right? right. And that's the general go-to uh, that's socially acceptable for most conversations and how they start, whether you know somebody well or you don't. So to just uh, lengthen Boomer's question a little bit, what's your go-to question to help get to a deeper level quicker without people making making people feel super awkward? which I could see happening. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah, well, I, a lot of it's attunement, right?
0: I, I'm reading my audience, whether it's the parent night at school or I'm at the store or wherever. I, I don't tend to lead always with some deep question because I'm sensitive to that's not a fit for everybody. And I do small talk in small doses because that's just life. So I, I'm I can hang with it. I just really... I don't like it very long. Um, and then I want to get to what's really going on. So I, I might ask the questions that everybody asks. How are you? What's up? What's really up? What's really going on? And then if I have a little more time with them and we're getting past small talk, I might say, what's challenging for you right now? Or what's alive for you right now?
2: I love that. What's alive for you right now? That's cool. That's that's powerful. And I imagine that brings up things and people that they aren't even in tune with, with themselves. That's just... yeah fires them up. That's incredible.
0: Yeah, and some people, not much is alive, so they have a hard time answering that question.
2: <laughs> right, it's like the purpose, right? You ask, what's your purpose? I, I I don't know. Let me get back to you in a month or a year and I'll, right. I'll figure it out. So what is your purpose today, Jason? You know, you have the Relationship School, founder of the Relationship School. You are, uh, you have mastery program. There's so much going on. Um, it's, It seems like it's, I don't know if I see... What you've created, I imagine when you wake up, you have to have a different purpose or a different way of going about you know, running your business as a business that provides so much to, to people in relationships or finding and looking for relationships.
0: Yeah, so I, I believe my purpose, uh, I'm on the planet to help people be who they are, uh, kind of period. And then if I had to unpack that, it's using the vehicle of relationship as this big hall of mirrors, we have, we have mirrors all around us, these people in our lives where we can find out if we're being authentically ourselves or not. Because a lot of us, if we're honest, we tend to shrink or hide parts of ourselves because either they weren't acceptable when we were kids, like our sensitivity as men, for example, our emotions, or maybe we have an artistic side that we feel kind of embarrassed about and we don't typically lead with that. So I'm in the business of helping people be themselves, because that's where the fulfillment is. And I often tell people you can't be fulfilled when you're being someone you're not. And a lot of us are conditioned from a very young age to be who the big people want us to be, or who the church wants us to be, or who the school wants us to be, or who the coach wants us to be. We get kind of used to that programming, and then we leave ourselves behind in the process. So, I, I love helping people come back to who they actually are.
1: Yeah, and that's got to be a multi-phase process, right? So I'm curious to know what that journey looks like in your experience with different folks because I can see somebody where, okay, I found my true self. I figured out who I am and I'm going to start to act that way in front of people I'm comfortable with. But then being able to own the confidence to take that into into the world has got to be another phase of that. Right. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, what does it look like past that? So I'm curious on, you know, just generally speaking, what does that journey normally look like? And I know obviously some people can probably do it in six months and it takes some people six years and it takes some people an entire lifetime Yeah. Uh, for the, but I, if you could just walk us through the journey that you see a lot with people that you work with.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm glad, uh, John, you called it a journey because that's exactly what it is. It's, I like to use the phrase, the hero's journey, right? That all of us mm-hmm. know about now. The first step is really kind of diagnostic. It's, it's sort of admitting that, wow, I'm one way at home and I'm a different way at work. I'm one way with the guys and I'm a different way with my wife. And when people start to identify, there they start to go, oh, that, I wonder if that's part of the reason I'm not fulfilled is because I, have to, I feel like I have to be this way around my parents, for example, over the holidays. And I got to be this way with my partner and I got to be this way with my coworkers. And that, that doesn't feel good. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredibly mentally draining to do that. That's right. I think so. And look, we all have to, there's something, some of us have real jobs where we, it's just not okay to kind of show our true colors uh, because we would lose our job. I, I understand the cost, but think of doing that for 20 years, five days a week. The cost of that is pretty high.
1: You're spending more time with those people acting that way than you do your own spouse or your own family, and eventually it's gotta leak into who you actually become. That's right, and
0: that's why I love, again, relationship as a vehicle. So when you asked about the journey, in our high-stakes relationships, this is the irony here, is where, like a marriage, for example, it often is where people begin to shrink And dim their light because it's upsetting their partner and they don't like conflict and they don't like rocking the boat. And they start to withhold and dim parts of themselves to maintain the connection, the marriage, to like maintain some kind of status quo relationship. Well, again, years of that is miserable uh, because, and you build up resentment because you're not being yourself. And then you might blame your partner for not letting you be yourself, but that's really on you. So the journey is. Uh, like you said, multifaceted. And I, I just like admitting it in the first place and beginning to take small, courageous steps towards being more honest, being more transparent, being more vulnerable, being more real with your inner circle and practicing there and finding out, will people accept me? Will they judge me? Will they criticize me? And, and the truth
1: is, yeah, they probably
0: will. But is that a good enough reason to not be yourself?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of, there's a massive trust factor there. Because the more you cr- allow yourself to become vulnerable to your inner circle, so to speak, there has to be an incredible amount of trust with that circle or you put yourself and whatever you're talking about at risk that could impact something else, some other relationship that you have that you're talking about. right? So that, that's, that's got to be challenging for some people at, at times, I'd imagine.
0: It is. and And trust is built through adversity and challenge. It's not just given you know a lot of people are like well when you find the right partner you just kind of trust them and well stay married for 10 or 20 years and and there's going to be some things that happen in that time that um, might impact the trust and the stronger relationships are over time those those relationships are usually built through conflict challenge repairing the conflict working through hard times those become really it's like muscle right if you're building muscle at the gym the way you do that is by adding weight. Mm-hmm. You got to stress the muscle. So we need stress to actually build trust in relationships. Not, it's not the absence of
2: stress. Yeah, the one thing that's interesting to me is when you begin acting from when you wake up to when you fall asleep as the same person, people start reacting differently to you. Like when you can be honest in a place maybe you weren't honest before, they actually recognize that, wow, this is a place that we can go now. Yeah. right? It it takes time and it takes, I think, maturity, perspective, all the things that as you get older, like, wow, I really, I, I don't have to create all this tension. I can step back and just be. I think there's a lot of freedom in that, in different relationships, in whether it's working, whether it's in a, you know, relationship with your spouse, your loved ones, and, and it leaks into other opportunities to connect with people just by being genuine. But, it does, it it takes time to get there just to be the same person. Um, and I think, you know, I say this about John, like no matter who, where he is, he's the same person, whether he's leading his company or in his marriage from from what I've seen, or at, even at the gym. And it, it's such a great place to see someone just be them. They don't have to put the mask yeah. on. It doesn't, they're not playing a role. This is who he is. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I love that. I love that. About him. Hopefully, I show up like that as well. But I would like to think I do.
1: Unless you're on a boom doggle. That's right. Not true. <laughs> Not true. I'm kidding. Uh, I appreciate that, boomer. but yeah, it's it's net, when it becomes when it's natural, um, it's easier to do. That's why I'm asking. I asked your opinion on people who aren't like this and they want to change their mentality to be more uh, true to themselves when they're at an older age. Like that's going to be really hard to coach. So what are yeah. some of the tricks and things you you tell people to bring that out?
0: Well, it's like I was teaching a class today and this this guy was saying, I don't want to lose this relationship if I speak up. And I'm like, what's your aversion to loss? What's the big deal if you lose in speaking up? Because you can either lose the relationship when you speak up or you can lose your relationship to yourself when you don't speak up. What do you want to lose? So which lose do you want? And... People need to get on board with there's going to be loss, and often it's in the form of relational loss when you start to change if you're into growth and development and you you start healing old trauma and you start becoming a better communicator and you start lifting the sort of relational weights, not all of your family members and friends are going to like it they 're not going to like the new you and you might lose some friends along the way and that's part of the program it doesn't always happen but not everybody wants your truth. Not every a lot of people, particularly family members, unconsciously want you to stay stuck in small and in a predictable role that you've always been in, or they get upset.
1: Mm. So just just to take a step back. How did you get into this type of work? Is there something that happened that triggered yeah. your mentality? If you don't mind speaking about it, I'm, I'm curious on how you got into doing this type of work.
0: Yeah. And the short of it is I, I grew up as a sensitive kid with a stern dad, learned how to stuff my emotions, act tough on the outside. But deep down, I was pretty sensitive and relationally kind of tracking everything. And then fast forward to my 20s, I started getting into intimate relationships where I I couldn't feel anything. And women would be like, what are you feeling? What's going on in there? And I would just say nothing. I'm fine. Those are my kind of two answers for like 10 years. And obviously, that creates a lot of headaches in relationships when the man is totally emotionally constipated and shut down. Women, good women, get frustrated with that because it's like they want your heart. Like, no, I want to know what's actually going on in there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have a language for it. I didn't know what was going on. And I just felt irritated anytime they wanted more of me. And so I would push them away, break up with them, and move on to a relationship that didn't demand that of me. And I just honestly blamed every woman I dated until when I was 29, I was breaking up with another good woman. And, you know, I realized I was the one common denominator here in all my breakups. I had a moment of self-reflection. I was like, holy shit, if that's true, I can do something about that. So really relationship pain was what brought me on the path to a personal growth and development to, to finally go, okay, I've got some problems here. And I, I do want connection. I I like people. I I want to have a loving relationship. I want to have a successful relationship. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how to do it. And I want to learn. So I went and got a master's degree in psychology, became a therapist and started figuring my shit out. Hmm. That's really cool. Are you married now? I am 15 years married, 19 together with a couple of bad breakups before the marriage. Yeah. Happily, super stoked on my marriage
1: at this point. That's awesome. How do you have kids? I heard you say? Yeah, two kids. You talk about
0: school? Uh, yep, yeah, my son's 14 and my daughter's 12. That's great.
2: So what does, you know, we talk about relationships and we talk about running a business. And here at Next Level Hustle, we kind of speak to a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people who listen are entrepreneurs, business owners. So you have to run a business as well as be an amazing relationship expert. I would call you a relationship expert. What does that look like for you to, you know, you do in-person workshops, you coach people virtually. You know, what does that look like for you as far as the business and how do you kind of take this relationship expertise and roll it into getting it out to the people?
0: Yeah, such a good question. I mean, I could nerd out about this for hours with you guys. I'd love to hear, Get you know, we could just nerd out on business and how do you balance family and marriage and all the things. Um, it's been a journey, man. Like I have a high value on relationships. So even when I was working whatever, 70 hours a week trying to start this company and stressed as hell and um, going through it and staying up late and not sleeping and all the things that any entrepreneur understands, right? (laughs) Or any founder. It's just kind of brutal. Um, I had a high value on relationship and my wife was always in my corner and believed in me. And, you know, I could cry on her shoulder, lean on her. And whenever I drifted too far into stressed out work guy, which is more left brain in my head, out of my heart, not that available to her or the kids, she would let me know. And then my kids, they would let me know by acting out and acting kind of more helpless and needy and victimy, which was feedback for me, like, okay, I'm out of balance here. I got to come back in. And my wife would say things like, look, I don't feel like a priority right now. And that just direct statement always brought me back. Yeah, but, you know, as you guys know, it's not, it's not easy. And now I'm at a stage where I have built a company to the point where I have a great team and I can step back into my right brain more, my creative artist, if you will, because I love creating. But when I'm in engineer business guy mode, which isn't my, ultimately my strength, which is why I need to have a good team, right? To do the things that I suck at. When I finally figured that out and it was hard for me to let go, I was very controlling about that, like you know, no, it's me. Only I can do this. And I know how, and my way is the best and all that. You know, <laughs> it was like really right. hard.
2: It's, it's interesting that, you know, here you are working 70 hours. So you're you, <laughs> and your wife is like, I don't, I'm not feeling loved over here. And she's like, you're trying to create a relationship school, <laughs> you know, exactly. Like I'm not, I'm not feeling the love here. You know, yeah. it's, you, you can, you can feel that like, Oh, where am I going? So it's, yeah. it's I, I imagine that kind of flipped a switch in your mind. Like oh yeah, what am I really paying attention to?
0: Yeah man because as you know, it feels bad to feel like a fraud or like you're not walking the talk and you know I'm o- I've always been a transparent teacher and thought leader, and you know just that's how I roll It's tempting to hide right hide our problems or hide our relationship problems but my my wife and I have been fairly fairly transparent about. Our own challenges and struggles, and that seems to really serve people.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard sometimes. Uh, my wife and I go through. Or it'll be 15 years this year in June, nice, uh, which is fantastic. And yeah. you know, I share a lot of the same characteristics with my wife that you do with yours. And she's supportive. She's my biggest fan. You know, and but it's. I feel like sometimes there's peaks and valleys, right? Yeah. Where to maintain a relationship. Uh, continuity i would say in your marriage all the time with all the things going on in, in the business is incredibly difficult yeah. and you know I, I it's the i always go back to the 80 20 rule i'm like look honey like sometimes you know I, I run three different operating companies and you know sometimes there's just everything from all the companies is being thrown mm-hmm. and she recognizes that she sees it and she'll call me out like, hey, I need you to be more emotionally available to me right now. And you know, it's not that I ever tell her no, but sometimes it's difficult to bring that back. And because it's not like you can just drop the things going on in the business like, and right. pretend they don't exist. Right. Yeah. So being able to maintain that is really, really hard. And one thing I've learned that's worked well is it's, it's funny. It's, I'll just delete the Microsoft Outlook app off of my phone the mail app, where I'm not looking at email, I'm not checking email on my phone. And if I want to do it, it's on my computer and it it requires me to be more intentional with the people I'm with Mm -hmm. in times like that. Because that work is still going to be there in an hour when I open my computer. It's just a little trick mechanism I've used for my own relationship that I've encouraged my team members, my executive team, um, to do from time to time when those peaks happen at work to make sure you're still present with your kids and, and your loved ones at home.
0: Yeah, I'm hearing boundaries. Right? Is right. It, it's like we've got to because the the entrepreneur person mindset is like there's a there's a certain mindset that's like no, I need to work all the time, or if I don't stay up later or get up earlier, it won't blank won't happen. And I, I don't think that's true. I've had to really work with that. It's like I, how can I get more efficient during the day so I can be really so I can set set it down and show up for the family, with the family. And I've gotten a lot better at that. But man, there were a couple of years there that, like you said, it was really hard. And I like the 80-20 rule as well. Like, look, if 80% of the time we are good, I'm winning. Right. Because 20% of the time you're going to be in conflict, disconnected, in a fight, someone's feelings are hurt. And that's okay. That's normal. You don't want it to creep into like 50-50 or any, it just gets really dicey.
1: Yeah. And in our, um, And our male brains obviously work different than female brains. Yeah. um, But in our male brains, to me, I'm like, I am doing, in in the 20%, I'm like, I am doing this for our family. Like, do you Uh not understand? (laughs) And it's, you end up like, yeah, you end up taking it to another level that just doesn't need to get because she's not looking at it that way. Or whoever it is that you're in conflict, your kids are not seeing it that way. They're like, I need you. You're my dad. I need you now. It doesn't matter. Right. what it's going to be like in 15 years. I need you today.
0: I, I think in our our father's generation, because we seem, you know, in the same vintage, uh, mm-hmm. our father's generation, that might've been okay, or or their dad's generation, where like, it's just kind of an unspoken thing. Like, look, I'm a provider here, and that's how I show love. And I don't, you don't need my emotional availability, and that's not on the menu anyway, and it kind of works. These days though, us men, I think are are being, there's more being asked of us, you know, It's like, be the provider, be strong, but also be kind of soft and vulnerable and be in your heart. So we have more to work with these days, I think.
1: Right. That's true. Man, this has been cool. It's fun to have you on. It's, how do you and Boomer know each other? Just to kind of circle back to what we usually do in the beginning here. Well, I heard
2: Jason at an Unbeatable Mind retreat. He was virtual, unfortunately, it was a, during the pandemic and mm. uh, just was really impressed with kind of your your uh, your vulnerability, uh, how honest you were about your relationship, where you got to be where you are today. You had to do some exercises and really was, you know, I, I like your humor. I, I think that you communicate really well and uh, just knew that you'd be perfect for just, just the audience, you know, I. I just feel that there's, um, you know, everyone thinks it's business first, but if you can create powerful relationships and no matter who you are connected with, you have a much richer life. It's just, yeah. I, I just feel that way. And um, so super honored that, that you said, uh, yeah, let's do it and really want to know how can the audience work with you? Like what are, what's a way that, that, you know, our listeners could get involved with the things you have going on?
0: Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, Well, a book. My book is a great, affordable place to start. That or the podcast. I have a podcast called Relationship School Podcast. That's a good one. Uh, All free, of course. And my book is called Getting to Zero, How to Work Through Conflict in Your High Stakes Relationships. Uh, If you're a reader, it's on Audible, too, and I read the book. So those are good uh, places to start, uh, potentially.
2: And you have a great newsletter.
0: Yeah, thanks. Um, Newsletter, jasongaddis.com forward slash newsletter, Jason with a Y. Yeah, I love writing. I love creating content. Um, I'm on, very active on Instagram at Jason Gaddis. Yeah, having fun right now with that.
2: And how much writing are you doing? Like, how, how much time do you set aside to just write and think and, and create?
0: Um, damn, you're kind of calling me forward here. Well, come on. No, in a good way. Um, <laughs> I'm in this process of trying to get more discipline there. So, my next book is in my brain, and I've started the draft of an outline. And I spend every Friday is, I don't no one gets my time. Friday is only me and it's creation day. I do go to the gym that day and that's about it. And other than that, I'm in front of my computer or on a walk or just doing my best to like drop into my creative self and to write. And then I have chunks of time on Monday, Tuesday mornings lately to create. And mostly it looks like a Google doc I'm writing and then I'm posting I'm reworking old content. I have all this, I have this kind of system with all these Google Docs where I rework content or I have new content and I'm kind of working on it. And I have this color coding system in terms of what's green is like ready to post. Yellow is like not quite ready and red is, it's not there. But I'm wanting to be even more disciplined. As you guys know, discipline is such a key, right? To getting anything done. Absolutely.
2: Getting to the next level for sure. Totally. Yeah. Well, Jason, this is uh, incredible. I really appreciate you taking time out of uh, your busy schedule to to chat with us.
0: Yeah. Thanks, guys. It's been uh, very easy and chill and fun hanging out with you two. Very
2: good. Well, we'll we'll geek out some other time about uh, the next level business uh, plan for you.
0: Sounds good. (laughs)
2: Thanks for listening to the Next Level Hustle Podcast, where we help you accelerate what you already know to the next level. If
1: you'd like to support the podcast, consider sharing it on social media, subscribing wherever you listen, or leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next week for another Next Level Hustle conversation. I'm John. And I'm out.
2: And I'm Boomer. I'm also out.